You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about the NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. As I mentioned, a complete breakdown. If you missed anything with the 2023 NFL Draft, I have that up, as well as the initial top 30 rankings for rookies in half-point PPR for 2023, whether you're looking at redraft or down the line in Dynasty. So you can check that out now as well. Here we have turned our attention to what the 2023 NFL Draft did on the rankings for running backs, uh, quarterbacks, etc. We did quarterbacks already, so we're going to turn our attention to running backs today. We'll follow up uh, next week with wide receivers and tight ends as well for you. So a lot to break down here. We're going to give you those rankings updates periodically as we go here, as we build to our final rankings uh, before the real fantasy drafts for us uh, in August. So We'll get you ready for all that as we go along, and we just want to set the table before teams head to minicamp and training camp and uh, kind of understand where these players might be going up and down based on the recent results here. Not just of the draft, but free agency, the depth chart, all that good stuff here. So we'll break it down. Running backs today, we'll come back with wide receivers and tight ends there. Everydayers, thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. And again, uh, we really appreciate you checking us out every day. And if you're new to the podcast, is what we do. We break things down for you in depth all off-season and all season long here at Locked On Fantasy Football. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team or your fantasy team every day. All right, let's dive in. We're going to look at the top 36 running backs. That means we're going to go QB or RB1, RB2, and then we're going to dive into the potential flex option. So going for another 12 there that you're looking at at running back beyond the top 24 consensus rankings, according to Fantasy Pro's half-point PPR. So let's dive right into it. There is a separated first tier here running backs. Let's uh, focus on them first. As you might expect, Christian McCaffrey back on top. Fully healthy season last year. Transitioned well. Put up some big numbers for the Panthers, but then we know he transitioned to the 49ers explosive offense, and we know what we got here from CMC. So he's in that offense again. He's the lead back here. I know Elijah Mitchell's behind him. He's a good, worthy handcuff a little bit later because of McCaffrey's injury history and the fact that he avoided that last year and didn't break down. Something that the 49ers will keep in mind and use Mitchell a little bit, but Mitchell would be your primary handcuff, uh, the guy that's going to give you the best value in that 49ers elite running game should McCaffrey not be available. So McCaffrey makes a lot of sense. Lock him in. And last year, look, the injury history was something that weighed on us, but we needed a healthy year. Now we can feel better about going to McCaffrey. And really, McCaffrey situation really got improved by the 49ers. If he had not moved, I don't think he would have pushed it as high as he did in scoring, but he definitely did there. And uh, you got to look out for that. Sometimes the talent pays off, and the talent was coveted enough to make him change teams and land in a better situation for reality and fantasy football. Now, Austin Eckler's second. Uh, the Chargers kind of stood pat here in the draft. They didn't really move anywhere to say, okay, Austin Eckler has been talking about his contract. We needed to think about 
replacing him, but maybe that's next year, just going for that next year, not bringing back Eckler in that sense. He's getting a little bit older, a little bit of mileage. The receiving stuff counts on top of the rushing as well. So he has been a big scorer. And I think maybe one more season the Chargers can squeeze out of him. Keep in mind, Kellen Moore's influence is there. He had a big impact on Tony Pollard's numbers. Eckler is a very similar type running back and leader here of this backfield. So Eckler, I think that's fair. They didn't, uh, again, the Chargers address running back. They got depth at other positions that maybe doubled up too much at wide receiver and uh, looked at Max Duggan at quarterback, but it was a pretty good draft for Eckler in his status and standing with the Chargers. And that that's a good sign that they're in a good spot right now for at least one more productive season here together. And Cal Moore, I think, again, is going to boost his value in Los Angeles. Now, Jonathan Taylor, good rebound candidate, of course, stays healthy. He's going to have a big year. Anthony Richardson starting would help him for sure. That element of a running quarterback actually will help the lead rusher here versus a Gardner Minshew who can kind of be more of a pocket passer. I get it. You might think on one sense, okay, he's going to hand it off to Taylor more, but I think Richardson having that double running element is going to open things up for Taylor. We saw what happened with Miles Sanders last year. And on top of what Miles Sanders can do, there's no more Naeem Hines in Indianapolis. So Jonathan Taylor is going to eat up most of that receiving work as well. So I think he's in a great rebound spot here. They didn't really think about it much behind him. They do have some depth already, we know, including Deion Jackson from last year, Zach Moss acquired in that Heinz trade with the Bills, and now they have Evan Hull. He was a late rookie, however, they drafted. Uh, potentially can be the number two there. We'll see how that handcuff situation plays out between those three options, Moss and Jackson and Hull, as we go forward. But Taylor clearly can rebound here. Saquon Barkley's fourth. We're a little bit worried about the Giants' contract stalemate. They franchise tagged him. Will he come back? Will he be happy? They also got a dynamic back out of Oklahoma later in the draft in Eric Gray. He's a pass catcher, so will that cut into what Barkley might do? Matt Breida's still around, so there's not too much behind Saquon Barkley. I think it'll be resolved at least for one more season, but watch out for Eric Gray next year, potentially eating a big role in this Giants offense. And keep in mind, you have Brian Dable and Mike Kafka. The Bills and Chiefs, what do they do? Kind of go through revolving door and running back. So I don't think either believes in this real true franchise running back, especially after the wear and tear and the franchise tag that Barkley is going to get here. All right, so those are the top four. They're separated. Makes sense. They're the veterans you can trust most. But how about this next guy in the rankings? We said he was going to be top half RB1, Bijan Robinson. So really don't have anything to say other than he was drafted pretty high and he's going to lead the Falcons' backfield. So he's affected by his own drafting here, and he's into the league in a very good position here to displace Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson with a very dominant lead role for a very effective, high-volume rushing team. So Bijan, again, I think Bijan, you could point his arrow right up there with Barkley. I think Eckler could fade a little bit. I don't like him more than McCaffrey or Taylor at this point because of their situations, but I think Bijan... Bumming up from number five to around three makes a lot of sense in half-point PPR. How about Josh Jacobs? Maybe underappreciated for the fact he led the league in rushing and scrimmage yards last year. It was an absolute steal where he got Jacobs. We weren't sure about this backfield. Remember that. We had Zamir White. We were worried about Amir Abdullah cutting into the pass catching. None of that really materialized. It was all a bit of a rope-a-dope. Jacobs, they trusted, brought back right now in the franchise tag a little bit better footing with his team, the Raiders, than Barkley has with the Giants. So 
Again, Jacobs, the arrow would point up as well. And I think he's a guy who could definitely challenge Taylor and McCaffrey a little bit with the volume. But again, maybe looking at him ahead of Eckler and Barkley with those stocks going down, Jacobs pretty much leveling out. And that could just keep him on top of uh, where he ended up last year. Close to that, I think sliding him down from that makes sense. Now, Tony Pollard had also a pretty good draft because they didn't go after Ezekiel Elliott's replacement. They did get Deuce Vaughn. I think that was a little bit of a stash flyer there behind uh, Malik Davis as their number three in Dallas. So there's not a lot there. They didn't get someone who can compete with Tony Pollard for the key touches. Pollard was already an elite producer last year with Zeke Elliott still in the mix and doing some things. So Pollard may be being trusted more as a lead back, and that's going to help the Brian Schottenheimer offense. We know that he was helped a lot by... Kellen Moore's influence, but Pollard also could get workhorsed a little bit. I think he has that potential. And again, he's another franchise tag back that the Cowboys trust here. And how about this next player, Nick Chubb? This is a pretty good offseason for Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt wasn't re-signed. Dearness Johnson signed with the Jaguars. They didn't draft a running back, which kind of uh, surprised me that they didn't want to add depth. You have Jerome Ford and some others behind him right now. So Nick Chubb is a great situation there to dominate in this Kevin Stefanski offense as they shuffle things around. I do think Nick Chubb, the arrow's pointing up there for sure. It was a good situation for him this offseason where they realized they paid him a lot of money, trust him as the feature back, move on from Hunt and Johnson's, which what they did. They'll be okay with the other backups, but Nick Chubb in a great spot there. The next back is Derrick Henry. Yeah, it's a little bit buyer beware on him again. I know uh, the injuries... Have slowed him down of late. You also have Ty J. Spears maybe adding a little bit more explosiveness to this backfield. Maybe a little bit of a shift in the way they approach running back here in Tennessee. So watch out for Henry wearing down. I think that's fair to put him where he's at at RB number nine. Just in case, uh, again, the fade continues here. Travis Etienne, it wasn't very good for him this uh, draft because not only did they sign Dearness Johnson, but they also gave a Tank Bigsby a shot here as their power back. So that's going to cut into maybe the touchdown potential there of Etienne. Dernis Johnson can do a little bit of everything. So maybe not putting a lot on Etienne, reducing his touches to be more manageable based on his size here in the offense, trying to make him more effective reality-wise, but at the expense of get, getting a fewer opportunities fantasy-wise here. And finally, got two more that we're looking at from the AFC East. Brees Hall, I think he's only down here because of the injury at number 11, so he's still an RB1, but the Jets uh, did get Israel Abenani Kanda in the draft, so you have uh, Zahneman Knight and Michael Carter, so there's some depth there, but they don't seem too concerned about Brees Hall's health right now, and I think it would be a bigger factor there if Aaron Rodgers had said, okay, this running game could be a little shaky, but Brees Hall on his way on the mend here, looking like he'll have a key role, and this is a conservative spot for him at number 11. He was an elite, elite scorer when he was on the field last year. And Ramondre Stevenson, it was a pretty good draft for him. There's a lot of rumors that the Patriots were going to target more running backs, even look at Jameer Gibbs. That didn't materialize here. We know Damian Harris is gone, so it was a pretty darn good offseason here for Stevenson as the lead back in New England. All right, there you have the top 12, according to Fantasy Pros, half-point PPR running back rankings for 2023, how they're affected by the draft, stock watch up and down for all those players, and We'll eventually get to the point where we have the final rankings, but we want to keep you updated with the players that we're concerned about or more excited about here for the 2023 season. We'll do that here. We still have 24 running backs to talk about on the show. 
Looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever built. you got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you want to compromise on taste, I've got just a thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars and Puffs are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste amazing. You won't think they're good for you. you got to try these. What make Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And... Unbelievable flavors it can get. Churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies and cream, just to name a few. I'm not sure they do it, but these bars are like candy bars for sure. I mean, amazing macros as well. So you can uh, eat them guilt-free. Only 30 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in most bars. And you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars, only Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Well, you can still get the specialty flavors. We know they come out with a lot at Built.com, so... Right now, if you want to get your Bilt Bar fixed, just go around the corner. Your nearest Walmart has got to be not that far. Walk to the pharmacy, grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream and double chocolate as bars, or you can get a four-puff pack of coconut. If you're closer to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box, so they'll hold you on a little bit longer here before you can get to Bilt.com. Add more flavors to that. Hit flavors, brownie batter puff, churro puff, you can check out at Sam's Club there as well. So a lot of ways to get your built bars online at built.com and at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You can thank me later. All right, let's continue the show breaking down the running back rankings here. Half point PPR according to Fantasy Pros. It's the industry pulse here of what experts are thinking, what the public is thinking right now. So let's uh, break out of the top 12 and get into our RB2s. Next up is Najee Harris. He could be a bit undervalued here. Keep in mind, he has finished really well here with the volume. So, again, we're going to point his arrow a little bit up here. Steelers are decent with depth in the backfield, but the offensive line upgrade also helps with Broderick Jones. There's more things that are going to ha- happen in the passing game that's going to help. So maybe Harris's role in the passing game is a little bit limited, but as a runner and scorer, I think that's going to be his uh, biggest uh, ways of scoring fantasy football. Now, you got to say Kenneth Walker, a little bit concerned about his stock. We love Kenneth Walker. He ran exceptionally well for the Seahawks last season, came on strong. He was a dynamic rookie at Michigan State. Well, the Seahawks decided to use a second-round pick on another running back. It is Zach Charbonnet. He can cut into a lot of the power work of Walker, which we're a little bit concerned about. They also decided, because uh, they lost Travis Homer on top of uh, Rashad Penny in free agency, that they were going to get a replacement for Travis Homer as well, and they added Kenny McIntosh in the draft. Uh, so little concerning here that two running backs the Seahawks had, they just cannot stop piling on in the backfield. And we know it's been tough since Marshawn Lynch and the heyday there. It's not been that consistent guy. We've seen Chris Carson do it for a while. We've seen Rashad Penny. But we haven't had one guy stay healthy and kind of lead things. Walker was in that position after he recovered from his sports hernia surgery early in the season. But now you're concerned here because Charbonnet, again, pretty high draft capital, second round, good power back. And cut into that early down and goal line and short yardage work there. So something we're worried about there. We don't want it to go into a 50-50 split. We'll be happy somehow if Kenneth Walker is at 70-30 still. With Charbonnet maybe being the pure backup. But definitely he's a premium handcuff in fantasy football out of UCLA. The next running back there at number 15 is Dalvin Cook. Yeah, believe it or not, he's that low among the running backs. We're a little bit concerned. Alexander Madison is still there. They did uh, draft some running back help as well in the draft. So Dwayne McBride can be pretty good there as a good value late. So watch out 
So cutting into a little bit to Dalvin Cook, there's concerns they might trade him, which could actually boost his value if he ends up in a better backfield situation. But Cook is a hard guy to trust, but maybe a little bit undervalued in this particular situation. At 16 is Aaron Jones. Yeah, believe it or not, Aaron Jones is this far down as an RB2. He's been pretty good. We're worried about maybe the compliment of Jordan Love and that offense being as explosive to score more points. Worried about A.J. Dillon as well. They also added some running back depth late with uh, Lou Michaels there. So really, we're looking at uh, this is a crowded backfield here in Green Bay, and we're not sure we're going to get with Jordan Love. I think this is about right for Jones, given a lot of the guys that are in front of him and the opportunities there. So we'll just roll with that. He's definitely going to settle in as an RB2 no matter what. J.K. Dobbins is a little bit concerned that he's ranked too high at 17. The injury issues, you got Gus Edwards. you got some options now in this backfield for the Ravens. So I'm going to be wary of drafting Dobbins too high. The injury risk is real, durability. It's not like Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley where we have it. At least a history of high production. It's been very limited flashes from Dobbins. So a little bit worried there. Miles Sanders, I'm also not too thrilled about. Here, I think it's definitely a downgrade. And it's reflected here where he's buried in the RB2s. But he's still the lead back here for the Panthers. And he's not going to give you much in the passing game. We know that Chuba Hubbard is going to do that quite a bit. And Sanders didn't really do that in Philadelphia. So you're relying on him getting the touchdowns, getting the high volume. That may not always happen with a team such as the Panthers that may be... trailing a bit more. The Eagles maybe front-running a little bit and closing games out with Sanders. So something to keep in mind, Sanders' stock definitely down here. The next uh, running back is Damian Pierce. This is a pretty good draft for him overall. They did uh, add someone to the backfield and uh, Devin Singletary down there. So we'll see how that plays out. But Damian Pierce, year two, I think he was the one strength of their team in Houston that they want to go for. So status quo for him. Cam Akers, it's okay, but they do have Kyron Williams and a little bit more depth at that position from the draft. So a little bit uh, concerned with Cam Akers and his role here, especially with uh, Zach Evans in the mix in this uh, backfield rookie. So tough spot here. Akers, we want to trust to, to bump up a little bit more on this, but I think you got to keep him down here. Still a st- solid RB2 starter in fantasy, but you don't want to go overboard on that. Jameer Gibbs, I think this is the guy we talked about being undervalued here. I mean, Dave Montgomery, I think that's a concern. And you look at Montgomery where he's ranked, and we'll talk about him there he's actually at uh, number 27 so that's kind of splitting difference we see this a lot in rankings at this time of year that hedging bets on who might be the key guy in the backfield how much is this player veteran they're going to have a role versus the rookie all those type of things are weighing but Jameer Gibbs is too special and I think he's going to be the lead back I mean Montgomery the fact that he can do a lot that Jameer Gibbs does at a less explosive level says that he's going to be straight up valuable handcuffed to him cut into his work a little bit but I'd be shocked again if this wasn't at least 70-30 in favor of Jameer Gibbs in the end. James Conner, remember him? Yeah, he's hanging on, but the Cardinals team not looking very good now. And running backs on bad teams, hard to trust there too much. Isaiah Pacheco is very interesting. They need to get him a little bit more work in the passing game to feel that we're better off with him as a RB1. But buried a little bit maybe among the RB2s, given that he has a defined role and the team loves him. From Andy Reid on down here in that offense. And finally, rounding out the top 24, this is a name we have not said, is Joe Mixon. I think this is a little bit buyer beware being careful here. They did get Chase Brown in the draft. They did lose Samaje Pirine, however, to the Broncos. So I don't know what they're thinking of Joe Mixon. I think they would like to keep him, but I think they're phasing him out as well this season. So something to watch out there. And Mixon, probably until we have more information, keeping him at 24 at the bottom of the RB2s with limited upside also makes a lot of sense. 
All right, thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen today. Every day, our special shout-out to you for checking us out every weekday as we bring it to you, the Fantasy Football Insight. Again, the next episode, which will be coming on Monday, will be a look at the wide receiver rankings and the players, uh, how they were affected there by the results of the 2023 draft, a little bit of coaching, a little bit of uh, free agency as well to look at. So check it out. Again, more ranking stock watch updates, so wide receivers and tight ends on deck for you. Make sure you're also checking out our great uh, draft shows here post to get all the information on the 2023 class as well as the look ahead to the 2024 prospects. That's Lockdown NFL Scouting as well as Lockdown NFL Draft here on the Lockdown Network. They're all part of the Lockdown Network, your team every day. All right, it is time to close the show and look at our running backs 25 through 36 on the board. We already revealed one of them and talking about... Jameer Gibbs in his role. The next uh, back, you look at Rashad White. This is a little bit low to me just based on the fact that Gio Money Bernard just retired. Leonard Fournette is on the street here. So Keyshawn Vaughn is the main guy cutting into the work. I think Rashad White, they trusted enough where I think you'll see a bigger role here. So I do like White, bump him up a little bit. And he's got some upside over some guys in that second tier. I could even say I could take him ahead of all those guys. That's how good uh, Rashad White could be in this offense. We know he catch pass, catches passes, does a little bit of everything here. So no Fournette, no Bernard. This lines up really well for Rashad White. DeAndre Swift, I'm a little bit worried here, more so than that situation with Gibbs and Montgomery. Swift durability issues. You have Rashad Penny, who I ranked 34th. Also durability issues that not being able to stay on the field. So two of those running backs like that. Uh, makes me worry a little bit, but I definitely want to sew up Swift with Penny and Penny Swift and vice versa here. And also think about what Kenneth Gainwell and what Boston Scott can still do. So still that backfield crowd here with Swift and Penny. Penny is more that early down type of back. Swift maybe used as a change of pace in the receiving work on top of the early down. So they did trade for Swift. So I think his backfield would slowly lean towards Swift. But the presence of Penny plus Gainwell and Scott... And Jalen Hurts also cutting into the running back production. All a little bit concerning there, so a little bit buyer beware with the way Swift is ranked, and I think it makes sense to keep him out of the top 24 for that reason. We talked about uh, David Montgomery at uh, that 26 spot makes sense for sure. Again, Jameer Gibbs should separate a little bit from him. Alvin Kamara, a little bit concerned with the suspension, and we'll see what happens behind him uh, there. We also have Jamal Williams to consider as well, so... A lot of things to uh, look at there. Jamal Williams a few spots down. The next Williams is actually Javonta Williams, and the Broncos didn't draft a running back with their limited draft capital. They felt they needed more at wide receiver here with Marvin Mims, so that could be a good sign that uh, Jamal, say, Javonta Williams is on the rise here, and while Jamal Williams would be downgraded, a little bit touchdown dependent. So do like uh, the potential here. Of course, if Javonta Williams could have a nice value on his delayed, explosive, healthy season here in 2023. Next up is Khalil Herbert. A little bit, of course, uh, going to downgrade him. The draft was not good for his purposes because Dante Foreman get, got help on early downs from another newcomer, Roshan Johnson, the Texas Longhorn. So probably not great for most of their three capable, or for Herbert, I should say, that there are now three capable backs in this backfield, much like with the Dolphins. I mean, you won't even see the Dolphins ranked here. I got into Mostert and, Will, and Jeff Wilson, but between Mostert, Wilson, Miles, Gaskin, and Devin Chain, the rookie, you're, that's the backfield you're going to avoid. And the Bears actually might be one as well with 
this uh, Foreman, Johnson, and Herbert situation as well until we see things materialize and know where they're going with their backfield usage. Another backfield that you might be buyer beware about is uh, the Commanders. They added a running back, Rodriguez, in the draft. You also have uh, the combination of Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson. I'm not sure where they're going to go, but a backfield that I'm not too much invested in right now based on this offense, Sam Howell taking over limited returns there. Jamal Williams is not going to duplicate his touchdown-heavy fantasy football value in New Orleans, especially with Kendra Miller there, the rookie, and Alvin Kamara there. So really, obviously, he's already adjusted well down in the rankings for that. No one believes Jamal Williams is going to be a double-digit touchdown machine again. James Cook comes in. So interesting, interesting that James Cook is ranked a few spots ahead of Damian Harris is 36 here. So 33 for Cook, 36 for Harris. So Harris, I think the durability issues come up. I think they could carry from New England to Buffalo here. James Cook is maybe just a more overall talented runner, getting some work in the pass game. We also talked about the Rashad Penny, injury-prone guy. That's why they went out and got Swift. So Swift Penny could form a committee. They could lean toward one or the other. But I think again, Swift is where I would go a little bit more because the catch-passing ability. And uh, looking at uh, next running back, A.J. Dillon, big disappointment last year. He had one year where he was able to produce well with, in conjunction with Aaron Jones. But I'm going to fade him a little bit more here. I think it's the Packers are trying to see what they can do to go on. And then Damian Harris, as we mentioned, down at 36. And Brian Robinson, the junior, his uh, running mate, Antonio Gibson at 37. So some, these are some of the backfields you want to avoid until you have more clarity. But definitely some of those uh, workhorse backs, there's more of those options. And Samara's pointing up for some and Samara's pointing down for others. But these committee-type backs, we're trying to work it in. We're not sure about the split in the backfield. The philosophy is necessarily if it's a new coach or breaking in a couple of new players. So we need to see all that play out and really follow that pretty hard here. So very interesting set of rankings here for sure and half-point consensus PPR there to see what the industry is thinking of a lot of these running backs. But there's a lot of good running back value, maybe some inflated guys as well here for season. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen day, everydayers. We appreciate you, and hopefully you can become an everydayer if you're new to the show. And again, we won't have a show there until Monday, so we'll take the weekend off. So have a great weekend there. Enjoy taking in all the aftermath of the 2023 NFL Draft for Fantasy Football. Enjoy the Kentucky Derby. It's a good little respite away from uh, fantasy football and uh, getting into a little bit different aspect of gambling. So check that sport out. The run for the roses happens on Saturday. And we'll catch you on the flip side Monday. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great Friday rest of your weekend. And we'll catch you on the flip side looking at running back ranking stock watch.